Welcome to Build to Lead, forming the healthcare leaders of tomorrow. Back at you for season three. There's no denying that the last two to three years have been tough, and news cycles continue to report on the doom and gloom happening at home and abroad. And today, we want to take a breather from that and reflect on something more positive joy. But what is joy? Joy is energy. Joy is resistance. Joy is being in your mojo. Let's learn together on season three of Built to Lead, getting back to joy. So welcome back listeners to season three, episode 12 of Built to Lead, Building the Health Leaders of Tomorrow. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mubin. And today, sadly, is our final episode of season three. Over the last 11 episodes, we have heard from prominent established leaders in healthcare with a diverse array of backgrounds, from acute care to technology, to caregiving, to research, to community health. As we have done so, we have learned about the PERMA model and different ways to actively reflect and grow using that model in order to continue to unlock further joy in our daily lives. And today we are joined by emerging health leaders and healthcare leaders specifically, to talk about what they thought about season three. And in doing so, with the help of other emerging leaders who are listening, how do we look back on the season and what are the takeaways, what are the tips straight from your peers? So there's no articles, no pre-reads required. I'm particularly excited for this one, Matthew. So let's not waste the time. We are fortunate to be joined by a panel of not one, not two, but three upcoming forces in the Canadian healthcare landscape. First, we have Julian Wong. Julian is a Partnership Relationship Manager at Smile Digital Health and a 2018 Masters of Health Administration graduate from the University of Toronto's Institute for Health Policy, Management and Evaluation. Prior to his current role, Julian worked as a management consultant for over five years with KPMG Canada's healthcare and life sciences practice focusing on digital health. And before KPMG, he spent nearly a decade at UHN in a variety of digital and technology roles, including project management, operations, strategy, and research innovation. His motivations in the healthcare system include working alongside clinicians and administrators to develop innovative solutions to enhance the care delivery experience for providers and citizens. In his spare time, he likes to stay active by playing squash, cycling, and chasing around two little boys. And our second guest is Yasmin Shaykhan, the doctoral trainee at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health and the second year health service research PhD student at the University of Toronto Institute for Health Policy, Management and Evaluation. Prior to starting her PhD, Yasmin completed a Master's of Public Health from the Dalai Lama School of Public Health and a Master's of Health Science from John Hopkins School of Public Health. Her motivations in the health system include patient and family engagement with the goal of transforming how we prioritize co-design with patients and families in the mental health system. In her spare time, she is a patient partner on the Midwest Toronto Ontario Health Team. And last but not the least, Erin Treskasis is currently a strategic advisor for Techium Inc. She received her Master's of Business Administration from the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto this past spring double majoring in health sector management and leadership and change management with specialties in strategic management and organizational behavior and health human resource management. She is a kinesiologist with over 18 years of experience across both the public and private healthcare sectors, providing compassionate patient care and leading large interdisciplinary teams in complex musculoskeletal 
and brain injury rehabilitation at the University Health Network and West Park Hospital. Her motivations in the healthcare system include supporting collaborative and seamless patient-centered care across the full spectrum from prevention to acute, chronic, and end-of-life care. In her spare time, she is a hockey mom and enjoys tackling a wide variety of DIY projects and relaxing on backcountry camping trips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So, Aaron, I'm actually going to start with you. Even after all of our five yes, this question is not really going to come as a surprise. So for the listeners to learn more about you, what brings you joy? Yeah, well, I guess I'll start personally, um, kind of just uh, iterated there in the introduction. But what I love most is spending time outdoors with family and friends, enjoying the fresh air, traveling and seeing new sights and sounds. On the professional side, what I love most and what brings me the most joy is finding that unexpected common ground between patients uh, or colleagues and getting that, gaining that mutual understanding between uh, two people, being able to see the world through their eyes. We all have unique experiences um, that we've had in our lives. So being able to see and experience things through a different lens is what brings me the most amount of joy. Thank you so much for sharing. Julian, we'll continue with you. What about you? What brings you joy? Sure. It's going to sound really simple, but for me, joy is just about feeling good day to day. So I think there's many things and aspects that influence how, I, how I'm feeling day to day. And so I think there's like two main components is obviously my personal life. So how are things going in my personal life with my family, with my partner, with my kids, with my friends? Uh, there's also my health. Am I, am I feeling good? Am I feeling healthy? Um, and uh, the other aspect that I was thinking about is is there something I'm looking forward to experiencing in my personal life? So whether it's a vacation or a trip, going to a concert, watching a movie, or just waiting for that thing that I just bought online to be delivered to my door. And then I think the other big aspect of feeling good day to day is obviously my work. So am I waking up motivated every day to do my work uh, and to bring myself to my team and the organization that I'm working for? So that's how I think about joy. And I think the definition of joy that really stuck out to me from this past season is Mary's def definition. She said her definition of joy was being in body, fully grounded and present. And I think that's essentially what I'm saying, but perhaps just using different words to express it. And finally, Yasmin, what brings you joy? I'd say working with people. Um, in harmony towards change. So working together for a bigger cause, feeling that collective power of joy. So it's a bit twofold for me. So one joy from bringing people together for a collective cause, feeling inspired by them, by the vision. And uh, two, joy from seeing the change happen. So taking a step back and just really letting it sink in, kind of like change as both a process and an outcome. And having those both yes, thank you, Yasmin, for that, and thank you, everyone, for just sharing what joy means to you, and even like some of the common threads that I'm seeing is in terms of the people, those relationships. Even as we look at the perma model, as we look at that purpose, what's those processes? As we look at the relationships, how did those all intertwine? So I really like how you guys all brought that out because everyone has their own definition, and even for some of our next questions, we're just going to direct it to two of you at a time for now. That way we can hear from all of our panelists. But if you do really have something to say, like don't feel afraid just to bring something up. Our first question is for Julian and Aaron. So I want you to think about where have you found the most joy in your experiences in healthcare? 
So both of you talked about in your answer about what is joy about work and what does that look like? So your experience of healthcare, where have you found the most joy? So for me, the, the nature of the work that I've been doing in health has been predominantly not patient facing. So when I think back to um, my roles at UHN and in consulting, and even now, I'm usually one person removed from interacting directly with individuals who are receiving care. So the type of joy that I've experienced um, in health has been knowing that I can positively impact uh, individuals responsible or have an important role in delivering care to individuals. So I'll give you some examples. When I, when I used to work at UHN, I used to feel a lot of joy when I was working directly with nurses, physicians, and other clinical staff to help them in their work. I felt a great amount of satisfaction knowing that my effort and work positively contributed and helped them. Another example is when I was working consulting, I was uh, getting joy out of the fact that I, knowing that my work was going to help an organization with how they were going to move forward on their organizational strategy in the next few years. And ultimately, knowing that that would impact how care was going to be delivered for individuals. So this is where I have found the most joy personally. And I think a key thing for me um, with my joy in health is that in all instances, it, it involves some sort of emotional connection with people. Um, and I think that's become the key ingredient for me in the examples of feeling joy in health. And for me, uh, where I found the most joy uh, in my experiences health, in healthcare is when working uh, amongst an interdisciplinary team and tackling, as uh, Zaina would refer to, those messy problems. So having patients who are presenting with um, a slew of different um, uh, issues or things that they're experiencing that need tackling, being able to break down the silos and work amongst a, uh, a large interdisciplinary team that where together in having us all lay eye on, eyes on the patient and uh, working in tandem uh, with each other with open, collaborative, and very you know, respectful and supportive dialogue, we can hone in on um, the root cause of an issue and really help a patient who may have struggled in dealing with those silos in the system that don't necessarily talk to each other in a, in a very productive way. So uh, certainly it's that building of the relationships between different disciplines within the system, and that could be different types of clinical disciplines or also people working in administration, but everyone working in concert, supporting each other to deliver the best patient care that we possibly can. Thank you so much, Julian and Aaron, for sharing. You know, something that really stood out to me for both is, is this aspect that healthcare as an industry is a people industry. It makes up of people and how they feel and how we can deliver care to them in the best way that they need. And I think that comes down to knowing who that is and in how we can work for them. But in the back end, as you mentioned, Aaron, it needs to be a concert. It needs to be orchestrated in a way where all the parties work with one another, we're able to understand our strengths and weaknesses and actually push that forward. So I, I really appreciate both of your answers. Thank you so much. Bringing it back around uh, to the series, uh, our next question is for Yasmin and Aaron. What did you learn specifically from this series? Was there anything that surprised you or that you weren't expecting to hear? And, and how has your view on joy changed or been strengthened by what you heard during this season? Sure. So for me, there was something that was a bit unexpected, but makes perfect sense when it was uh, said, and it was from Ron. And 
He highlighted that we need to focus and nourish ourselves in order to be able to provide the best care that we can for our patients. You know, a lot of us have gone into healthcare because we, just, we care. We care about people. We want to help them in a time of need um, in any way that we can. And we go to school to equip ourselves with different various means uh, and ways that we can contribute to the system to help those people. And we go to work every day with the idea that we are going to help people. And we really have to pause at times to make sure that we turn that around and focus on ourselves because care that we can provide is only as good as uh, the amount of care that we also provide for ourselves. And for me personally, and having two kids at home, you know, the second you walk in the door, your your attention is also shifted towards providing uh, care to somebody else. So being intentional and even scheduling that time in, as Ron said, scheduling that me time into your day, because we all know there's a, a long list of demands that are being put on our time each day. And so being intentional and scheduling that time for yourself to be able to uh, reflect, take a breather, be mindful, make sure that we're grounded will help us to be able to do our jobs better. I, I feel like for myself, it actually made me reflect about the meaning of joy because I never really thought about it before. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's the type of person that I am. But I, I don't think many people do, not until years later, you know, uh, I've continuously heard people say, like, those were the good old days. Like, that was the best year of my life. Um, it seems like these things are something that we realize or reflect on in hindsight rather than being mindful of it in the moment. In doing so, we take joy for granted. And I think also I've been a longtime skeptic of positive psychology, but I've been thinking about it a lot. My My issue of positive psychology is how individualistic it is. Uh, you know, individualistic joy focuses on person. It detaches them from society. It says that you are the only person responsible for your own welfare. Forget about the state. Uh, and, you know, Seligman, he has a very negative view on pessimism. Um, he equates it with failure. Ironically, it's actually a pretty pessimistic view. But I see pessimism as uh, just a more accurate view of reality. It's not unwarranted when we think about our health system, who it's designed for, and who can easily access care. And for me, pessimism is knowing that the system is inherently flawed and seeing the worst of it and how much it can actually get worse. And it gives you that urgency to change it. And I don't think we should only be pessimistic, just like how I don't think we should only be optimistic, but a balance of both can be quite healthy um, for change, especially systems change. So the concepts, and I was listening to season three, concepts like positive emotions, flow, joy, it can all be part of that balance. And I didn't really realize that before. And so the series opened up my mind around positive psychology a bit, which is um, a huge That's reckoning. Good. So I hope you're on the, the optimistic side now with all of us. That's good. Even like how we take joy for granted, I think we all do that. Even in our everyday lives, we don't really, as you say, stop to think about okay, this is something that we really need to foster. And as you talked about, it's really not being as individuals, like how do we foster in other people? So like even Angela, like she likes to flip everything on her head. Like, I mean, there's a saying, it's like hurt people, hurt people. So how do we flip that around and say healthy people foster more healthy people? So that kind of goes back to what you're saying, Aaron, in terms of that self-care piece, take care of yourself so we can take care of others and our team, our families, and just everyone that's around us. And I think that'll just make for a better place. And a lot of those ideas, there's like a lot of ideas that come, I'm sure you have thought about different things 
um, Yasmin talked about, like this brought a new perspective for you. And I just want us to think about some of those actions and ideas that came out of this season. So for you specifically, Yasmin again, and then Julian, this next one's for you too. So after listening to this series, what kind of new ideas has it sparked um, for let's say a new source of joy, either for you personally or even in your healthcare leadership journey? I think for me, um, finding ways to celebrate small wins. So usually if I submit a paper or put in a word or get into a program, I don't take time to celebrate it. And, and so of course, some of these things are big things too. So I don't celebrate the, ba- the bigger things, let alone the smaller ones. And instead of celebrating, I've fallen into the mentality of, okay, good, what's next? Like checking off a task. And I get stuck in this inertia of thinking, I just need to do X, Y, and Z, and then I'll be happy. I need to get this degree, um, this award, this job, this promotion, and so forth. But if I fall into this trap my whole life, I, I'm not going to be happy eventually. Like I think if, we keep, if we're always thinking about what we have and where we are isn't enough, we're, we'll never be enough. And, and maybe joy is about finding enoughness. I know it's not a word, but finding enoughness in, in the now and realizing that the important stuff happen in the now. And that's something that, that I'm going to try to do more because I think I need to celebrate smaller wins and, and focus about kind of like when, you know, when John said joy isn't the destination, it's the journey. I feel like after I heard that, it made me take a step back and think about how I react to these wins. So that's all part of the reckoning that I'm having and, uh, and what I could be doing instead. So things like celebrating small wins, celebrating failures, like Jackie's discussion around failure being a learning opportunity and how our failures bring us closer to our successes and they make them worth more. I think that's something worth celebrating. So for me, uh, so after listening to the series, I think there there are two ideas that stood out for me. The first is, and so just building on what Yasmin was saying about Jackie and her talk about failure, uh, I thought that was something that was really interesting uh, and I think a good and a good reminder for myself. So I haven't quite experienced tremendous failure in my career, but I have certainly faced some challenging moments and obstacles. And I'm sure at some point I will encounter that maybe big failure moment. So her talk about like how to deal with it and um, kind of trying to spinning it around and reminding yourself that this is a good opportunity to reflect and turn it into something positive, turn it into a learning moment. I I thought that was such a great way to think about it. I think when you're going through uh, a challenge or or a failure, I think it's easy to be weighed down in the negativity. I I just thought what Jackie was talking about is a good reminder for for myself about trying to have that more balanced view. So again, going back to what Yasmin was saying, joy doesn't have to be just about being one-sided, right? I think it can be uh, about achieving balance between optimism and pessimism. Uh, and then the other thing, the other um, topic that came up this season that stood out to me was uh, in Zena's episode, she talked a lot about the wisdom that she ha- now has um, now that she's a little older and a little bit more experienced. And I can say that, you know, now that I'm more than 10 years in my professional career, I can say I feel a tiny bit wiser than when I was younger. Obviously, I still have a long way to go. I'm still early in my career, but I do find myself more confident uh, than not in many situations and not quite worrying about 
um, certain aspects of my job and my work that I used to uh, when I was really early on in my career. Those are such great actions and ideas. I really appreciate both of them. And to be honest, I'm learning myself uh, from you folks, kind of how I can start applying these ideas and actions into into when I go into the industry very soon. And, you know, something that I, I just wanted to share, kind of what I had an idea of after kind of going through these episodes with these different leaders, what, I, what really stood out for me was this idea of collective joy, um, where it's, you know, how are we able to, yes, joy can be um, very independent. Um, and, and as Yasmin, uh, as you mentioned, kind of, it takes you away from society. I think the question then becomes, how can we then take the joy that we're feeling and distribute it in the environments that we have so then it becomes a collective thing? I mean, no ways is it easy, but it's a question in, in my perspective that I'm going to consider trying to find answers to. If there are ways that I can share energy, share optimism, share ways of bringing people into an idea to push that dial forward or move that idea forward, is something that I took away from from this season. And kind of also, as you mentioned, keeping that balance uh, between the both is very important because we can't always focus on the good things uh, because there are, in my opinion, and as you mentioned as well, many things that need to be improved, right? Like the system was built a certain way for a certain group of people. And it's time that we start acknowledging the diversity, the pluralism in society in order to kind of make sure everyone is included and everyone deserves or receives the care that they deserve. So so thank you so much for, for calling that out. For the last question, uh, we are going to open it up to any and all of you. In episode four and five, we heard a great deal from Angela Roberts about the importance of bringing others joy. After listening to season three, are there new ways in which you will be looking to bring joy to others and perhaps things you are already doing that now you will be doing more consciously? And, and maybe we can start off with, with Aaron, go to Yasmin and then end with Julian. Thank you. As you were finishing off that last question, I was thinking of just that with Angela and that joy doesn't have to be necessarily something that we were, are trying to fulfill within ourselves specifically, but by sharing joy or sharing other people's joy or bringing other people joy, that in turn helps to to boost our, our joy within ourselves. And then in terms of, yeah, spreading and fostering joy within the workplace going forwards, I really liked when Mary was talking about how reestablishing engagement within the system now, knowing how important relationships um, are to spreading joy and that building of trust that we uh, need and ha- need to have with one another in order to have that safe environment where we can be open and honest uh, with one another. It's important to understand, though, too, we are in a system that is very uh, data-driven uh, and numbers-driven, outcome-driven. And so it's important that we understand that there is still a relationship between the two. And if we want to gain those um, positive outcomes with our patients, we almost need to focus mostly on building that collaborative relationships and that trust amongst the team members. And that in and of itself will uh, will affect the uh, the outcome for our patients. I think I love how you mentioned Angela, because when I was listening to her, she was talking about joy being a political act as resistance. Oh my gosh, that, that resonated. It stood out because Usually when I hear people talking about joy, it's only about the individual. We really, we forget about the collective. And um, of course, you know, longtime skeptic, positive psychology. Um, but that's because it does fundamentally ignore systems of, uh, 
systemic forms of oppression and amplifies personal responsibility. But I, I wonder, even just through this discussion, seeing how it doesn't just have to be on the personal level, it's shared, it's collective. Um, we don't have to lose sense of social justice or human rights. Uh, and when I was listening to Angela, um, it made me think about how even though we mostly hear about joy being something experienced by the individual, it can also very much be collective. And, and those things aren't mutually exclusive and can be part of um, a bigger movement. So before, I saw them as mutually exclusive, but now I feel like they can work together in harmony. So for me, um, I, I don't actually really have anything more to add, but I do want to just pick up on like the things that have been that have been said about Angela's response to what brings her joy, and, and that also like really stood out to me because, like Yasmin said, most people have talked about themselves in, in terms of responding to that question, and so it was really eye opening for me. I mean, even after hearing that episode, uh, I still answered your question about what brings me joy with a response about myself. So for me, I feel like there's still like there's work for me to do to think about how Angela responded and how she's thinking about her community. Uh, I think that's a bit of a mindset shift. I'm, I'm so glad I listened to the episode because it's something that I'm going to try to be more conscious of. And I think it's going to take like a bit of a process for me to get there. But it, it was just so eye opening for me to hear how she was talking about it, but also you know, I couldn't see her on video, but just even hearing how passionate she was on audio about her community, about, you know, the causes that she's thinking about and trying to push for, it just really uh, caught my attention. And that's one of the things that I really took away from the season is just thinking about joy a little bit differently and not just always about the individual. Yeah. So that collective joy, I really think that's almost like a theme of what we're talking about today, too. And Angela was talking about, like, how do we bring that equity lens into the picture? How do we bring in that um, that episode we talked about, like the value of play? Aaron, you talked about the value of relationships, which we know is uh, very important. So like, how do we bring all these little things together, the data? How do we share that data? How do we share our experiences? It's really about that joy as a resistance. And just thinking about maybe we're not toy soldiers, it's like analogy. Maybe how do we be like joy soldiers and go forward to bring that change that we want to see because each of us for myself too i'm learning more about joy how do i bring that into my workplace how do i not just make it about myself let's say happiness and to be able to share that with the rest of the team so we can move forward because when we really think about leadership in essence i think it's really about service and healthcare for sure as mobin was saying it's about people so it's how do we serve people and especially in healthcare you're going to be sick so joy is not something that comes naturally especially for the patient, somebody that's been there, somebody that's understanding on the panel as co-hosts, as caregivers, that's not something that's natural. So like, how do we bring that out to foster it for the patients in general, foster for a team, and then bring that joy as a culture and have that more of a, a domino effect. So I think joy begets joy. And is like, I really appreciate everything you guys talked about today and just joining us um, on this journey. There's no I in joy. That's true. We. <laughs> Thank There's you for no the reminder. Either. There's no we. <laughs> but there should be. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. I won't share more to, to Matthew as he as he beautifully kind of reflected over everyone's kind of answers and theories and actions and ideas. I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to, to all the panelists 
for for taking their time to go over the podcasts, listening to them, feeling them, enjoying them, and making the time to be here to share your thoughts on them. Um, I think it's very important. It was very important for us at the beginning of this journey, and it's just as important at the end of the journey, that students, emerging professionals, those who have been in the industry for a long period of time, to get a new perspective, to get some more clear context after a huge event taking place at a global level and and how that has changed perspectives how had it how it's shifted the healthcare delivery practices and how we can be more conscious in the way that we show up uh, every day at work at school or wherever you go and so i just want to say thank you for for sharing your time we're almost at the end of today's episode but before we do Wait, wait, Mobin. Um, can you check your watch for a second? Yeah, you know what time it is. Checking. I do know what time it is. Because <laughs> it wouldn't really be an episode of Built to Lead season three without closing with some rapid fire. So Yasmin, Aaron, Julian, I know you guys. Everyone feels nervous about these ones, but nothing to be nervous about. I just want to make sure. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I tried to corner Matthew and asked him what the rapid fire <laughs> questions were, and he did not tell me. So I couldn't give them up. I couldn't give it up. <laughs> So we're going to ask you guys individually a question. That way you don't have time to think. It's more improv. So if you're ready, we're going to go straight into it. So Yasmin, I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Maybe you're watching House of Dragons right now. But we know that winter is coming. So what is something about winter that brings you joy in Canadian winter? I think in the past, snow days. But since everything is remote, it's uh <laughs> I haven't really gone enjoy from that recently. I remember snow days. <laughs> right? And maybe that's like joy in the simplest things, right? Something so simple as as a snow day was so meaningful to us when we were younger. That's awesome. Aaron, the next question's for you. What app on your phone currently brings you joy? This is pretty boring, but ways. <laughs> just being able to get from point a to point b while avoiding all of the accidents uh, i am definitely someone who likes things streamlined and uh, if i can reduce the time that i have to spend on the road that brings me a tremendous round of joy <laughs> i think i'm with you aaron because yeah i'm not a fan of traffic so if there's a podcast to find how to be for enjoy on the road i think i need that one for sure yes and second second up is my um my podcast app, when I'm getting from point A to point B, I can listen to this uh, this podcast, and that brings me a twofold joy. Amazing. So, Jillian, it's your turn. What is something that your kids did last week that brought you joy? It's kind of like just the little things day to day, um, and especially like my youngest. So, he's uh, a year and a half, and so he's starting to talk a little bit more. And so, uh, when he kind of stops in his tracks from running around and just looks, gives me a look or says something to me. Uh, it, it just, yeah, it kind of, it can make your day. Um, when he directs something, when he says like, like he's starting to acknowledge who I am and acknowledge like, and, and will like, give me a smile. So those are like the little moments when, with your kids, when they're driving you kind of crazy most of the time, it's those little moments that can make you forget about all the craziness uh, that's going on. That's so special. That's so special. Julian, we're going to double up on you right away. <laughs> what is one thing you like to say to your teammates, colleagues, or employees to bring them joy? When I, when I talk to um, the people around me and the people at work, I try to find 
something in their life that I can clearly see and tell that they enjoy talking about and brings them joy. So obviously that's going to be different for every single person. And like these are things outside of work, right? So whether it's something about their kids or something about a hobby that they do, or if it's a place that they were able to go see, those are the types of things that I try to have conversations about uh, and really try to understand so that A, I can kind of get to know my, my colleagues outside of work, but also B, I just find that when you ask people questions about, you know, the things that they're passionate about and, and happy about, they'll inherently get excited talking about it. And Aaron, we have a similar question for you. So what is one thing you like to say or do for your friends and family that brings them joy? I was really resonating That's a, uh, what, uh, with what Julian was just saying. I try and find what, what makes people tick, what brings them joy. Um, I'm a, as I, you mentioned in my bio, I'm a, a big DIYer, say a Jill of all trades. And uh, I love hearing um, about people's stories and I can usually... I, there's always something that you can find that you can have, uh, you can relate with one another on and, um, and have mutual joy in that experience and in that uh, conversation. So I do the same thing with colleagues as I do with my family. If there's something that we can uh, find uh, or not something that we can, we will find something just through, through talking. We can find something that we have in common and uh, bridge a divide um, on that. That brings me joy. That's awesome. And, and, you know, to do that, it takes a lot of intuitiveness and it takes a lot of, you know, being present and actually actively listening. And I feel like those qualities make great leaders. And so thank you so much for sharing and, and kind of being there for your teams um, in that way. Yasmin, the next question is for you. What song does everyone need to go and download right now on Spotify today that brings you joy? I think there is a lot to learn from Queen, one of my favorite musicians. And um, well, I mean, we're speaking about the collective. It was the collective group and they did have a lot of impact on society and a lot of change. And um, maybe we can learn from that. I mean, Queen brings me joy. Bohemian Rhapsody, that movie brought me a lot of joy and sadness, right? Um, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can experience a whole range of emotions and still um, reap the benefits of joy. Thank you. And as we're approaching the end of the year, your Spotify wrap up is going to probably come too. So we'll just check back to see who's that one, two, three for that, the real level of joy to understand that. I will send that to you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can talk about it. And for our last one, for all of us to really just bring this home, um, if you've been following along this season, this one's of no surprise. So we want you to fill in the blank. Joy is. For me, joy is light. For me, joy is change. For me, joy is movement. Joy is moving forward and making sure that we're not getting stuck in our tracks. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing what joy is to you. And with that, that's all for season three, folks. Uh, a big thank you to Julian, Yasmin, and Aaron, uh, to our guests all season. And thank you to you, our listeners, for sticking it out with us this season as we explore joy together. If you enjoyed season three of Built to Lead, don't forget to check out the back catalog. Leave us a review and keep following us on socials as we provide updates on season four, coming to you in fall of 2023. Are you a Vernissage Health, Rotman School of Management, or IHPME alumni, and are interested in getting involved in next season? Reach out to our producers at vernissage.btl at gmail.com and find out how you can join the team. We will see you back for season four. And until then, 
As always, we wish you a smile, a laugh, and a lot of joy. Thank you for joining us on Built to Lead, Season 3, Getting Back to Joy. Built to Lead is created and hosted by Matthew Goldberg and co-hosted by Mubin Lalani. Built to Lead is a companion podcast to the Vernissage Health Dialogue Series at the Institute of Health Policy, Management, and Evaluation at the University of Toronto. Tell us what you thought about this week's episode. You can find us on LinkedIn at Vernissage Health and on Instagram at Vernissage Health. You'll find both of these in the episode description. Today's episode was produced by Hannah Hodgins and Tony DeShenza with music composed by Sindhu. Special thanks to Wendy Nelson, Senior Fellow at the Institute for Health Policy Management and Evaluation.